Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to know as a pastor, I want you to know as a pastor, I don't know everything, but I know some things. And what what I mean by that is that I'm under no illusion that uh, you all have it all together and that as you roll into church that uh, you don't need anything. Uh, I, I assume every week, whether I know specifics or not, that we are a needy people. We are a needy people. And that the, the needs are, are a rainbow of needs, right? There, there, there are all kinds of different needs. Some, some of you are struggling financially and you're, you look upon the future and you're, you feel nervous. Some of you are struggling as you think about your kids. Uh, some of it, your kids are very small and you're even pre-worrying about what is going to go on. You know, like there's nothing right now, but you can see it coming. Uh, some of you are in the midst of that. Uh, some of you have extended family and you're struggling with that and uh, all kinds of health issues and whatever it is on your heart. And I, and I know that's where we come from. Uh, I, I want to tell you this morning as we go to God's word, uh, that's the world and that is what he has saved us from. I, I, I say saved us from because I, I want you to know that we're not stuck there. We're not left there. Um, we're not left in the problems of life and the discouragements of this life, that God has answers. And we're going to look at some of those answers today uh, as we look at God's Word. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you um, Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16 down through the end of the chapter. God's Word says this, but I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. God, we ask your blessing on your word uh, to us, and as we look at this now, I, I pray that you would change us, that you would do the work in us that needs to be done, the, the help for today and the change and the strengthening and the, that your spirit would make the difference in us. God, thank you for your love for us, and it's in your son's name, amen. You may be seated. We're kind of only going to look at one verse today. You hear how, how I said that? We're kind of only going to look at one verse today. Verse 16. Put it in focus in your mind. We're, we're only going to look at that verse. But, but before we look at that verse, but before we look at that verse, I just want to share with you some things about kind of introduction, give you some context. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to see that the gospel of God that's worked out in his son gives us a different way to live and it's by the Spirit. And understanding that uh, this is going to change us, that we'll be, be able to abandon the sin that we struggled with our whole lives and live in victorious life, the life that he saved us for. I want to go through a few verses prior to this that we've looked at before, uh, starting in Galatians 2.20. Uh, G- Galatians 2.20 tells us something, and I just want to follow, I want to follow through the book of Galatians 
the, the, the thought process of the Apostle Paul. And when I say the Apostle Paul, I'm saying he was the writer, but the Holy Spirit was working in the Apostle Paul to write down for us the very message of God that we might know for certain. Um, before I get into that, I, I want you to know this. Why are we a Bible church? Why? I, I want you to ask that question right now. Why? Um, week after week, we will look at the Word of God. And as God grants us faithfulness in the weeks to come as well, and years to come. Week after week, we go back to the Word of God. Why? Because it's not the opinion of man that matters most. It's not the ideas of culture. It's not whoever gets the most votes, right? It's not my opinion versus your opinion. It's hearing from God, hearing from God. And so we do this week after week. And I want to encourage you, as you look at your life, every corner of your life should be instructed by the word of God. Every corner. Who are you going to vote for? Some of you, that, that makes you crazy. It makes you insane in your mind and heart when I start talking about those things. Who are you going to vote for? Please say it out loud. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we don't even know who's running, right? You know, we know who's running today, but you know, in the future, who knows? Um, what do you think about abortion? That's a political hot button, isn't it? You know what? Who cares what you think about abortion? What does God think about abortion? What do you think about the end of life? What do you think about the beginning of life? What do you think about raising children and finances? This isn't about our opinion. This isn't about our opinion. What it's about is what is God, how is God instructing me in his word? And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I want to tell you, some of you, uh, you know, the word, you get easily offended. Me too. I get easily offended. Uh, most of the time by my kids and wife. You know, most of the time. Sometimes even by my grandsons. You, you know, they're small, but it's very offensive to me when they want their grandmother as opposed to their grandfather. Um, I, I, I want to tell you, um, as we look at God's word, it might be very offensive to you because God does not agree with you. He doesn't agree with you. And it's good that he doesn't agree with you. And there's someone that, who should change, and it's you, and it's me. And so that's what we do as we go to the word of God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, God's word says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. As I read that, I, I want you to get this. So, so where do we start in the book of Galatians? The book of Galatians, uh, comes. Paul comes out hot. He comes out hot. He says, what is going on with you? What's wrong with you? And uh, they probably are going, I don't know. I didn't think anything was wrong with me. And he says, there's something wrong with you. You came to faith in Jesus. Now you want to go back to works. Now you want to change the works of sin that you did. Now you want to go to works of the law. Works of the law. And he says, what's wrong with you? And Paul looks at his own life, who was also a Jew, in verse 2, verse 20, he says this. I've been crucified. My old life's been put to death. And this is what needs to happen for all of us. Old life put to death. Old life's done. The new life beginning. How is the new life di different? He says this. The new life is faith. Faith not in yourself, not in the law, not in your rules, not in your culture, not in your family. What is it? Faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so what we get here is this, this trust in Jesus Christ. And what I'm, what I'm going to 
what I'm trying to point out prior to pointing it out is this. That throughout the book of Galatians, really throughout the scripture, there's faith in God, the Father. There's faith in the Son and His work that He's done. And now there's trust in the Holy Spirit and walking with the Spirit of God. The, the three persons of the Trinity, faith in, trust in, walking with, connection with, okay? Galatians 2.20. And then you, you come to, to the chapter that we're in now, Galatians 5, verse 1. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. He says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He, he, what he's trying, he, he said in Galatians 2.20, he says, there, there's a new way of life. It's Christ in me. And now in Galatians 5.1, he says, there's, there's a new way of living. What is it, the way? It's the free way. It's the free way, not the freeway 58, but the free way, right? Freedom living. And that's what he says. And, and, and freedom takes a bit of time to get used to. It's hard to be free people. It's hard to get away from the shackles, especially the longer we've been with the shackles, right? Because it seems like it's the only way we know how to live. And so as he comes to this critical point in chapter five of the book of Galatians, he says, Christ came to set you free. Live in it. There's a new way of living. It's the free way. It's the free way. And then skipping down to verse 13, God's word says this. And we looked at this last week. For, for you were called to freedom. Verse 1 says that. Verse 13 says that. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. He says about this freedom, this new way. He says, there's a new way of living. It's freedom, free to serve one another. Which brings us to verse 16 this morning. And, and I, I wanna just take a moment and slow down. So what you have in the book of Galatians, and, and I talked about the three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. In this passage that we're going to look at, it just refers to as the Spirit, the Spirit. Um, I, I want you to get this. So, so the Father had a plan. The Father had a plan. And as you look at the whole scripture, you realize it's the, the Father's plan worked out in history. And, and what is his plan? I think so often um, when we think of plans, we think of buildings, we think of strategies and movements and stuff like that. And uh, we think, you know, especially when a building is built, we look at the, the blueprints, the plan. This is what it is. And it's so, so magnificent that we could build something. And I want to tell you, that is. That is a, a great accomplishment. But the plan of the Father was not for monuments, not for buildings, not for, you know, even magnificent earth to live in, but it was for people. What was the plan of the Father? Is that he desired relationship with his crown of creation, people, Adam and Eve and those after them. And so as you think of the plan of the Father, the plan of the Father was to have relationship with you. Is that for him to have a relationship with you. That was his plan. You could say other things and as you look at the father's role and what it describes, but his plan was to have a relationship with you, which brings us to the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And as you look at the book of Galatians, what you see over and over again, and, and really the companion similar book the book of Romans what did Jesus do what's the theological word that Jesus did you could talk about the atonement propitiation you can but but the, the word I think is best de describes it is justification justification is that what Jesus did as he went to the cross he made you able to be right 
with the Father. Though you had sinned, though you were, as it says in Ephesians, dead in your trespasses and sins, that you could be right with God, that I could be right with God. Jesus brought about, made able for us to be justified, to be right with God. Which brings us to today. And what you see in these next few verses, and I just want to tell you, we're only looking at one, kind of. We're going to drag this out for a few weeks and talk more about the Spirit of God and the difference between the Spirit and the flesh and how all this works out. And Because I think it's important and I think it could be helpful for you as you think about what God wants to do in your life right now. Right now, what does God want to do in your life? When you come to the, the, the Holy Spirit's work in these verses, you can, you can say, well, the Spirit wants to change us or transfer us from the old life to the new life. And the Spirit wants to help us and be the power for us to do what? To live the new life. And, and if you connect it with these two free passages that uh, he says earlier, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, wants to help us to live this free life that Jesus paid for. And so it's exciting that we get to this place this morning to look at verse 16. Verse 16 says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Would you read that with me? Uh, I know sometimes it's hard to follow along, but here we go. One, two, three. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you think about the Galatian church, they were just regular old sinners of the city of Galatia. And what are we apart from Christ? We're regular old sinners from the city of Tehachapi who came from some other place before that because everyone comes from someplace else, right? You know. Um, we, we have this, you know, we were sinners from that place and then we bought a new house and now we're sinners from this place. And, and they came to faith in Jesus and it, uh, they had a new life they, and they were called to a new way and they go, how do I live this new way? And most of us remember this too, right? You came to faith in Jesus and you realized the emptiness of the life that you had before and you had all kinds of sins. Chances are you had some flavors of sin that were extremely familiar to you. I'm not going to ask you what those were, but you know, right? You know what those sins were. So when you're lost in some kind of addiction, you're trying to fill your life with alcohol or drugs or with popularity or food or all kinds of different things. Maybe for you it was greed and money and, and maybe it was just simply filling your life with fun and yet it, it left you empty with a sense of depression and, and you were struggling back and forth, up and down. And, and you say, I, I've been saved by, from that. But what do I do now? How do I leave it forever? How do I put it in the rear view mirror? How do I live as a believer now? How do I leave my sin behind? I believe that this is what he wants to talk about, verses 16 and following. He says this, uh, and I'll just start with this. He says, but I say, who says? Paul, right? The apostle Paul. And I, I keep harping on this week after week, but so Paul shared the gospel with those in Galatia and they responded to the gospel. Then he left and there were those who came out in after him and they said, oh great, you, you found the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me hand to you the starter kit. It's a list of things you now must do to be right with God. And I, I want to tell you that most of us love lists. We love it. Because once we've checked off things off the list, we know we're good. We know we're good. 
And we have a hard time buying into something that's truly free. And we have a hard time buying in that we are truly free. And yet that's what Jesus offered and that's what he provided. And so uh, Paul says this. He starts off, this transitions this section saying this. Uh, I got something different to say than you think right now. I have something different to say. You, you won't find this in culture. You can't get it from the great thinkers of Galatia. These others that have come in and said some things too, those aren't the right ones. Paul says, I have a different message to you. And I want to say this. Uh, Paul was a what? What was his title? He was an apostle. What does apostle mean? One sent. One sent. Who, who sent him? God sent him. It was as if he was like um, a human angel. I, I, I want you to be careful with that. But it's the idea that he is a messenger of God. And that as he shared this message, both verbally to them, but also in writing the, the, the letter to the Galatian church, this letter is from God. It's not from Paul. And as Paul would speak, he would say, I, I've got something to say. And because he was an apostle, they go, oh, <laughs> I should listen. Because Paul's got a message from God to me, to me. And so Paul was saying, I, I've got a different way. I've got a different way. And as you, as you think about this, as you think about your life in Christ, I, I want you to chart out your life right now. What, what was the point in time where you came to faith in Jesus? Maybe you don't have that yet. Maybe your life right now, you're just kind of floating in that. We're, all, we're thrilled that you're here today. We're thrilled. But what was the time where you came to the end of yourself and realized you needed a Savior and you realized that it was Jesus Christ? What was that point in time? That, that was the beginning of something that day. If you trusted in Christ that day, that was the beginning of something. And, and what I want to say to you is this. That was the beginning of the different way. The different way. And, and, and what I mean by different way is that, that your life, because of Christ, changed that day. Changed that day. It, it's not that you... Uh, Everything about your life changed and, you know, I know some of you have struggled with alcohol or maybe your language or, or the, the activities you participated, your thoughts, and you said, you know, I, I wish that that day that all sins would have been gone, but it wasn't. But Paul, from God, was telling the Galatian church, you're different now. You're different now. It's not the same. I, I want you to get that, and, and, and what I mean by that is this. It's not that you're just a new and improved version of yourself. Uh, what did Paul say in Galatians 2.20? We read it. Crucified with Christ. The old me's dead. The old me's dead. It, it's that drastic. It's that drastic, and it needs to be that drastic as you think about it in your own mind. And Paul says, you know what? I say something different. I say something different. The, you might think of it as you're just still a Galatian. Those ones that come after me, they said, you need to be like us who are following after the law. But I say something different. Paul was against these who had come and after him, these Judaizers, if you will, they, that were handing out the spiritual starter kit a list of laws. What you need to do now is law-based living. You need to stop doing this, this, and this, and you need to eat this instead of this. You need to remember this, circumcision, of course, and these are, and Paul's saying, that's not the way. That's not the way. Any list that comes after salvation, that's not the way to live. I want you to hear that. It's not the way to live. Paul says this it's authoritatively because he's an apostle. He's sent by God. It, it's what God wants us to know even this morning. To share the gospel is important that we embrace it. And now he instructs them 
there's a different way of living and it's totally different. A totally different way than the past. Which brings us to this new way. What does it look like? And he says, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. I think, uh, you know, I tried to think about this word walk in a deeper way this week. I thought about it before. It's a Greek word that I've been very familiar, even so familiar that I remember my youth pastor talking about this when I was in high school. And the simplicity of it, it's not just that this word's obviously a Greek word because it's in the New Testament, but there's a similar word in the Old Testament in the book of Hebrew. But there's also, we, we use this concept in our life right now. When you say, yeah, yeah uh, I walked with them through that trial. You know, this was the path he had me to walk. We, we say these types of things over and over again, right? This is the life that we're living. And this is the word uh, that's used in this passage. It, it's the word for walking. It's the way of life. One uh, definition that someone has used is to conduct one's life, to show spiritual progress. I I think it's interesting, and and you can picture if there were no cars around, no cars around. Most of you would not have come to church today if there were no cars around. I would have, I would have. Maybe, I don't really like walking. But anyways, uh, it's, just, it's just a little ways down there and I could have walked here, I could have walked here. Some of you, it would have been heroic if you would have came to church from where you live. I mean, it, you, you got here, we would have given you a medal or a badge or something. That's the way they lived in Bible times. I mean, the very wealthy had animals and the rest of them walked. The rest of them walked. And... And walking was all about life. You walked to this, you know, where you got your food. You walked to your neighbors. You walked to where you worked. And you, you went about your business walking. And so it was like, it was the way they saw life. You know, when they thought of the path of life, they thought of themselves as walking. They didn't think of the thing of like, so, you know, are you a Ford guy or are you a Chevy? Like, they didn't think about that. They thought about their feet and how their feet were on the path. And so as he's looking at this transition from the old life to the new life, he said, you used to walk this way. Now let's talk about this new way of walking. This is the way to walk. As you think about that, uh, you think about, well, that would be clumsy. I think of, you know, my, my grandsons now. One is uh, walking. He's a little shaky on his feet. And the other one's not yet. And it's an amazing process, isn't it? You've seen it, you know, you've seen it with kids before. And they're, they're not walking. And then they're kind of walking. And then they're walking. And then they're running. Like, you know, it goes very quickly. And how they walk, how they learn to walk isn't, you know, they don't take off running. And so he said, there's a new way to live. There's a very distinct way for you to now live. And he's saying, as you are going, it's all about the, the way you go, and the way you go is with the Spirit of God. With the Spirit of God. I, w- I want to say this here because I think it's important. In the grammar this is a command. This is a command. And even as I was studying this week, I, I, I slip into this idea of, oh, this is the advanced course. This, this is the way for victorious living. And it is. And it is the way for victorious living. Or maybe I'd say it like this. This is the hack to overcoming sin. That, that's the way I want to say this. But that's not the way it's written. It's a command of God. And and what I I want us to picture this morning is, if you have trusted in Christ, this is the command of God in your life for the way you're to live from now on. It's the command. 
that you would walk by the Spirit, that you would walk by the Spirit. Um, we will talk more about walking by the Spirit in the weeks to come. I, I want to point you um, back uh, to the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 25 through 29. I'd like to read that for you because I think it'll be helpful to picture uh, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit and how this all comes together. Once again, the Trinity, the, the roles of the Trinity uh, in our, our faith, but not just our faith, but how we live now. Listen to this. Verse 25 says this. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but now that the faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. The guardian was the law. Okay, we are no longer under the law. For it is in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you, as many as you were, uh, were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, uh, there is no, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no, no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you're, if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. What I want you to get here is this. Uh, he points back to the plan of Abraham. And he says, how can you, Galatians, be sons like sons of Abraham in the promise, God having a plan for a relationship? How can you be through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. This is how uh, this comes together. And, and if we are now family, uh, I, I want you to get this, that there's this picture that he now wants to say, I want to explain to you how you live as a child of God. How do you live as a child of God? You, you, you do it by walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, with the Spirit. I think the, the best way to talk about that is in close connection or dependence on the Spirit of God. I, I, I want you to know this too, that as you see the plan of the Father, I, I want to be real careful with this. Sometimes we like to say, see things as uh, very clear especially the engineers here today, right? You, you like math, columns, you know, separation. This is true all the time. But, but what you have in the Trinity is the Father's work and there's overlap in the, the, the Son's work and the Father's work and then there's overlap in the Holy Spirit as well. And they're, they're in perfect unity uh, accomplishing the will. And it's not that they have opposed or alone views and wills and roles, but that in perfect relationship and unity with one another, they are doing uh, what they desire for themselves, but also for their, their creation of humanity. And, and now we come to the Holy Spirit, now sanctifying man in relation to this life down here. And so as you think about what it is to walk by the Spirit, I just want to say this, close connection with the Spirit of God. Close connection, moment by moment, close connection with the Spirit of God. I, I, I want to show this to you because I think it's important for us to think through. And I, I think so, so often when we think of the law, we think of a list, Right? And maybe you, you think of the law as the scriptures themselves, the law. You look at this and you say, well, this is kind of like the longer list of what God wants us to do. You know, there's portions of the small list in the Old Testament, but uh, he said that's not, you know, that's for, not for salvation, it's not for sanctification. And so you look at the Bible sometimes and you go, well, this is kind of like the law. I want to show you something that I think will be helpful as we think through what the Spirit desires for our life. Uh, if you look at 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. 
And this is one of those inspiration passages speaking of the scripture itself. But in verse 20, it says this, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Verse 21, why, why is that true? It's not about one's interpretation. You can't make it say whatever you want to say. Why? Verse 21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When you think of the role of the Holy Spirit in the, the work of this book, the Holy Spirit inspired this book. You can say it, you know, and, and like I said, there's overlap, but who wrote the scripture? The Holy Spirit wrote the scripture. And so what I want, what I want to, to tell you first and foremost, as you think about this idea of walking in the Spirit or by the Spirit, later on in step with the Spirit, it will never, listen very carefully, it will never be opposed to or outside of the Word of God. When God is doing something in your life, the Holy Spirit is working in you. It will never be opposed to or against the word of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit inspired this book. And as he works in your life, it will be the same message. It will be the same message. It's important to do that. It's important to know that. Because there's all kinds of people, self-willed people, self-deceived people, who would say, oh, I just believe the Holy Spirit wants me to do this. And it's opposed to the word of God. That, that's, not, that, that's not true then. You're wrong. That's not the Holy Spirit. And so as you, as you think about this, I, I want that, that in place right now for you. That this close connection with the Holy Spirit will never be, will never be different than what is found in the word of God. It'll never be different. Tracking with me? Still with me? Okay, it's gonna be a long three, four weeks. It's gonna be great, it's gonna be great, I love it. I'm so excited about this. I want you to see a few weeks ahead though. I, I, wa I want you to see it. What is the description what is the description of the work of the Spirit as he goes forward? We know that from today that we are to be people who now live this different life walking by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. But I want to show you just a little bit further, and we'll go into these deeper in the weeks to come. Verse 17, chapter 5, verse 17 for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. How do you know if it's the spirit and if it's the flesh? Well, first of all, they're opposed to each other. They're opposed to each other. And so as you think about your life and, and, and what, are, what are we talking about here? Well, uh, we're talking about our plans. We're talking about our schedules we're talking about our actions, our words. We're talking about the, the inputs to our life. We're talking about every little thing we do as we walk along in life. And, and what is it that we should remember? Well, the, the first thing you're going to see is that the de desires of the Spirit, that, that which the Spirit desires for you is against the flesh and vice versa. <laughs> We'll get to the flesh in a minute, but I, I want you to know that it's, it's different. It's different. They're opposed to each other. Verse 18, as you skip down to verse 18, um, God's word says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Remember, that's the big thing that they've been talking about in the book of Galatians. Are you under the law? Are you under the list? Either the one in the scriptures or the one you made up, is there a list that now you live by? No. There's not a list. What we are supposed to do is this, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And in this verse, it says, led by the Spirit. Um, it, it's interesting. We say, walk by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. We'll have one more, I believe. 
Um, if you look down at verse 22, I, I think sometimes we're going we're gonna to struggle with this and we go, how do we know it's the Spirit of God? How do we know this is what God wants us to do? Verse 22, what does it say? It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, that which comes from, if we're following, if we're walking in the Spirit, what is it? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We're going to talk about this later, but um, sometimes uh, people say this all the time. They say, oh, there can be too much of a, a good thing. Too much of a good thing. Is there a food that's good for you? If you eat too much, you'll get sick. Any food, right? Any food. Too much of it will make you sick. And there's this idea that, oh, no, what if, I, what if I'm too spiritual? What if I walked? There's the, the, I want you to know this, that it's just more. It's just more of, uh, of God's goodness in your life. That's all it is. And it's good to have more. You almost want to be greedy, Right? Uh, for the things that God has for you, the things that come from your relationship with the Father. As God works in you, uh, you, you have this relationship with him through the Son. The Spirit of God working in you will produce that which is uh, without law. And then lastly, verse 25, I'd, I'd say this, that once again he says this, if we live by the Spirit, he said before, he said uh, walk by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, now live by the Spirit. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. And so this is what we're going to unpack in the next weeks, the, the specifics of what it is to walk in the Spirit, how this plays out, what it looks like. But know this, that the, when you think of your life right now, if you've trusted in Christ, if you have trusted in Christ, how do you now live? How do you deal with the issues of life? How do you parent your kids? How can you stay faithful to that in your marriage? How can you handle the, the difficulties of doctors and finances and relationships that are, how can you do this? How does it work? I want to tell you this, that the Holy Spirit is the key, but not just the key, the command for new life living. I, I want to tell you, I want to warn you that most of us look for a list. We look for a list. We, we, we want instructions, right? We want a math problem of do this, this, and this. Everything's going to work out fine. I'm going to be the winner. I want to tell you, he, he hands us not a list, but a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That, that this is the way, this is the new way to live. He, he says it's, it's a different way. He says it's a new way. But, but then he again says this. As you think about this, he, he, he puts it next to the old way. And I think there's a, we should have, we should be repulsed by the old way of living. We need to think about it again. Verse 16, look at it. You know, there's three parts. Paul says, I say, I got a different way for you. Walk by the Spirit, that is the new way. And now lastly, he says, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That third uh, phrase right there, that's the old way. And, and I want to tell you, we, the old way wasn't a good way, right? I, I want you to think about life without Christ right now. I want you to speculate out what your life would be like without Jesus. Some of you lived quite a, quite a while and you don't even like to think about it again. But I want you to know that each and every one of us, apart from Jesus, we're in a mess. And he describes it in verse 16 as gratifying, gratifying your, your sinful flesh or gratifying the flesh, the desires of the flesh. When you think of the word gratifying, I, I was reminded of 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. F familiar passage to many of you. In, in 1 John, he's talking about some similar things of how do you live and 
How, how do you now live this new life in Christ? And he, he gives us something so clear and he, he puts side by side the old way and the new way and he says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He saved us from that, right? He pulled us out of that. So if you, if you continue in that, that's not, you're, you're not a believer. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, all of it, the desires of the flesh, there it is, the desires of the eye and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And what does it say, verse 17? And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. What he's describing there is what happens when you gratify your flesh. I think that that's, you know, we've become professionals it's become a way to live it's a way to parent it's a way to have marriage is that it's all about you gratifying what you want apart from Jesus you gratifying whatever you want I I think of our little ones up here and uh, you all thought it was funny when I, I I asked them you know why did God give you parents and so you wouldn't do all the things that you want to do right there's a bunch of things that, that is inherent at birth because of our connection to Adam and being in a sinful world that happens. What happens when kids are left to themselves? They gratify their flesh. They go after things. What happens when adults are left to themselves? They gratify the flesh. It goes that way. It, the very sin that damns them, they go after it over and over again, hoping for a better result. The picture here in First John is that this is the sin that damns you. This is the, the sins that have ruined you. Get away from them. They're not from God. These are things with momentary satisfaction with a horribly guilty aftertaste, right? It's this filth that, that we sit in, and if it truly satisfied, wouldn't you be able to say, oh, that was a fun time it happened? But no, you have to go back. You have to go back. He uses the word desires in verse 16, but he also uses it in 17. In verse 17, he uses it in both good ways and bad ways. And, and the, the difference is this, that the desires that he's warning us about are not, our desires in and of themselves aren't bad. It's what they're connected to. In verse 16, it's the desires of the flesh. That's what makes the difference is the fleshly desires. And in this passage is, is giving into or trying to satisfy the desires of the flesh. The word flesh is, is a very common uh, Greek word that you, many of you have heard over and over again, but, but it, it starts out as being this, you know, the flesh, and it's, it's continued on to talk about us in our human state uh, and even as we think of our human state, apart from Christ, it is characterized by weakness, by weakness. Human flesh, uh, the body, as is spoken of in the scripture, is not talking about human strength and the ability to conquer as we talk about it sometimes. But when marked in the flesh, it's the idea of the weakness of the flesh, that we are weak apart from Jesus. It's human, it's the weakness, it's the state of being unsaved, it's man apart from God. And I, I just want to tell you this, and this is maybe part of a, the difficulty of this passage and this concept is this. The believer, the believer, if you've trusted in Christ, the Galatians, the, the Bear Valley Churchers, all, all these people, if you've trusted in Christ, it, it's not that the day after you trust in Christ, your flesh is gone, is gone. It's not like that. It's not like that. There's a sense of dragging around our weak, weakened flesh our whole lives. Our whole lives. And I, I do believe that's part of the victory of death 
and being taken to heaven is that we're no longer susceptible to the weakness of the flesh. But as you think about how can you live with the flesh, dragging this around, right, dragging around, how can you live in victory in the flesh? What is it? Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, that's the new life. The old life will fade away. Walk by the Spirit and you will not, you will not, no longer gratify the, the flesh, the sinful flesh. We will talk more about this. We will talk more. Let me give you three things to tie up our time this morning. The first one is this. I just want to say this. Um, walking by the Spirit is the only way for us to live. It's the only way. You, you want to wake up with that thought. How can I walk in the Spirit today? Walking by the Spirit, connected, led by the Spirit. This is what I want to do today. How can I do that? This should be the, the thought that it enters in, in your mind. The second thing is this. I think it's important to remember what he saved you from. Remember what he saved you from. Some of you uh, were saved at a very young age, and uh, that's good. That's good. That's great. It's amazing. Uh, as I think of my, my grandsons, I pray for salvation early, that they might escape the scars of sinful living. That's, that's why I pray for them. Because there, there's, so, there's so much that can hurt and ruin a life. And so I think it's important for us, if you've trusted in Christ, that you remember what you were saved from. And in remembering, not just look at the pictures and remember the good old days, but be repulsed by it. Be repulsed by it. Remember what he saved you from. And then lastly, I just encourage you to make uh, walking in the Spirit, make it your pursuit, your desire, and ambition to walk in and by and with the Holy Spirit. That This would be our desire that we would be constantly asking the question. We'll, we'll look at more some of the details in the weeks to come. God, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you that you haven't left us to our own devices. Thank you that you did not give us a list of uh, more things to do, but because of your son Jesus, it is finished. Because of Holy Spirit, uh, you have given us everything that we need to live this life uh, until you take us home, that we would be with you forever. God, do your work in your church. Help us fight sin. Help us place the sinful flesh behind us that we would no longer gratify its desires, but that we would be able to abandon and live the new life that you've given us and saved us for. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.